everyone, and welcome back to 40 Cray, the podcast from two almost 40-something guys whose adult lives and responsibilities have not eclipsed their love of nerdy stuff, including Warhammer, Dungeons and Dragons, video games, Sailor Moon. What else, Tom? What else am I missing? Cheetos. It fits your fandom. We're your tandem. That was... You should do radio. That was a very good... Well, (laughs) that's what we're doing, but... You have like this like deep resonant bass voice. I always imagine my voice is very high and reedy. Anyway, that voice you heard that was so resonant and bass-like uh, was my co-host Tommy Bones. Hello. And of course, I'm Ben, aka LS Demon. And I'm actually joined uh, by a special guest today, uh, Andrew, aka the Chaos Demon, my brother. Hello. Welcome. It's it's funny, like Andrew, I don't know why, but we've had demon in every one of our gamer tags or like <laughs> side names since like nineteen ninety four. Blame revenge. Oh yeah, we we actually talked about WCW NW Revenge, this N sixty four game where we would change all the names to things. So it was a wrestling game, but you could change everybody's name, yeah. I think I changed Goldberg's name to Poopy Pants and made his little uh, speedo brown. And that was my <laughs> By the way, I still have that same cartridge, and I booted it up, and it's still poopy pants. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm juvenile. It is what it is. All right. Well, what are we talking about tonight, other than wrestling nostalgia? So, so Tom, you and I talk a lot about people we play with, uh, especially Kill Team. We're primarily Kill Team players because we don't have the time to do huge 40K armies. And, Tom, your main is usually Chaos, uh, Emperor's Children. Like Andrew said, I do Thousand Sons, or you said that before we started recording, but I, I do a lot of chaos too. Andrew, your main is the orcs. I love the orcs. They're wonderful. I mean, they're not good, but they're a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we wanted to do a Wagasode where we could talk, or maybe it's an Orcasode. I don't know, one of the two, to talk about orcs because we've actually, so we referenced them a couple times. They're super interesting in, in the 40K lore mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, and they came up in our discussion with uh, Gabrielle about Gellerfields and warp travel. Mm-hmm. So first question, Andrew, what, what is it that made you fall in love with the orcs back when, back when you did? Well, I was young when I first, you know, came into 40K. Uh, I mean, you, you were the one who, who liked it. And I was like, well, I was playing Warcraft at the time, which was before it was cool. Like, you know, the original orcs and humans. And I, I liked the orcs in that game. So I was like, oh, cool, orcs. Um, but I kind of fell in love with them. They're just, you know, in a universe with a bunch of people with really complex backstories and and so many, you know, reasons for doing what they do. They're just like, dude, let's just like crump people. It's, it's What's better than that? They're pure id. Yeah. And it's, you know, Andrew, I mean, we have our, the guy that we so you and I still play Kill Team even during COVID because we're in a bubble. And we have one other guy who, who we're kind of co-located with, Phil. And he always likes to tell us that Warcraft originally was going to be in the 40k uni- or the Warhammer universe, but they couldn't get the license. So Starcraft. I know Starcraft was. Maybe Warcraft was too. Another guy who created both is like super into Warhammer. So I think they were trying to secure the license. Um, but for sure, I mean, if you look at Starcraft, what Zerg are like Tyranids, the Marines are like Space Marines, kind of. And uh, but legally enough distinct. And then the Protoss, <laughs> I mean, like Tau. Um, but you know, or I think Tower, so it probably would have been like Eldar, right? Because Tower yeah. would have come back then. Again, but I think we're going to make it legally distinct in its own IP, so change enough. That's that's a good maybe they maybe so Warhammer influenced Starcraft, which influenced the creation of Tau later on. I would say so. Yeah, Tom, you and I are also big fans of orcs. You know, what do you what do you think about what Andrew said? He says, you know, it's just pure id. For me, I just think they have the best sense of humor. I like that they are the strongest psychers in the galaxy, uh, but they don't realize it. (laughs) (laughs) So one rule I love from uh, Tabletop is the more orcs they have around their psychers, the stronger their abilities are. But it still counts towards their uh, perils of the warp, so their heads explode more if if more people believe around them. So so yeah, I remember because like in uh, second edition... Which, by the way, we never played. I just had a couple of, like, the codexes or something. I think I got a lot of them secondhand. Mm-hmm. But I remember we talked about weird boys and that their heads always exploded. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny. It was like, oh, no big deal. <laughs> they are weird. But, I mean, like, that's also why red ones go faster. Mm-hmm. 
and blue ones are lucky. I, I think I remember the weird boys were prone to explode uh, unless they had a, a, a copper stick that would sort of channel their psychic energy away from them. Uh, so they would also be used as a weapon if they put them in a cart took the stick away and pushed them towards the enemy, they would just sort of be like a time bomb, and then eventually the weird boy would explode once it got <laughs> to the uh, enemy ranks. That is, that's another good point. Orcs are kind of dicks to each other. <laughs> I mean, there is no sense of self. It's the collective, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to explode? Dude, let's do it. Sounds awesome. like hell propaganda, but okay. And I love, like, for years they would show us all these vehicles. I, they didn't always have the, like, well, they work because they believe they work. I think that was added, at least I wasn't aware of that until, like, the early 2000s. Before then it was just, oh, well, they had this ingrained, you know, ability to make things because they're actually a race that was created by the old ones and programmed them with this knowledge. And then at some point they said, you know what, there's no way any of this stuff would fly. Just... It's because they believe it. It flies because they believe it. Yeah, I think that was a retcon. One of my favorites, though. I mean, it's good lore. Solid lore. So here's here's the next question, right? Like, if you look at other orc depictions, like I was actually I typed in orcs into the the gifs on my phone just to send you guys one before this, and it showed me like Lord of the Rings orcs. It showed me Warcraft orcs. Like for you guys, where does the Warhammer orc stack up, you know, relative to other orcs in fiction? Ten out of ten. I mean, you get. <laughs> Yeah. Lord of the Rings orcs are just like rough dudes, and then like Warcraft orcs are like I don't know they're like like kind of warlike, but Warhammer orcs put the pedal down and they were like you know what let's go full into this let's make them as ridiculous as possible and you know it's again just aids to their why they're so likable. Yeah, the other universes it seems like they just use orcs as the generic bad guy. You know, they they need a, a faceless monster to, to slaughter by the thousands and not feel anything. But 40k orcs, they're humorous. You know, they're they're easily the best. They're definitely the comic relief of the whole universe. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I love like the personality too. It's not they're not just stupid. Like a lot of the time they're dumb. But there's been a couple books that have come out recently. I haven't actually read any of them, but thanks to Reddit, I see snippets, and I do I do have them in my like wish list on Audible. But as an example, you know, there's the whole rivalry between Commissar Yarick and Gasgul, and at one point, uh, I think it's like Gasgul has Yarick as a prisoner, and Yarick gets turned in by somebody who betrays him from the Imperium, and Gasgul kills the traitor and then lets Yarick go. Because he's like, yeah, go get more armies because I want to fight you again because you're really good. Well, there's also, you know, one of those closet theories that I love to read, the tinfoil ones, where uh, so Yark is a power claw, which yeah. only works for orcs because they believe it works, right? So the theory is Yark, and by extension, humans are orcs. They just don't know they're orcs. Or that's another one where the emperor is alive because the orcs believe he is. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen the uh, the Bernie Sanders meme on the Golden Throne? Yeah, that's <laughs> peak internet. I love it. So, but that, right about when that was circulating, there was this like rush on some of the Reddit channels, especially Grimdank, of like there's a somebody who looks like really pleased with himself, and it says like, oh, demons when they find a ship whose Gellerfield went down, and then the next panel they're like, oh shit, Panic. and it's like. Yeah, they realize it's an orc ship, and they put the Gellerfist down on purpose. Yep. And and we covered that. It's like, you know, because Gabriel, uh, we were talking about going through the warp, and, and Tom mentioned, well, you know, orcs go through the warp, but they don't have a Gellerfield. And she goes, well, what do they do? Nothing. They like it. <laughs> it's an excuse to crump demons. Yeah. And, like, Tom, who's the orc who's, like, in the warp in perpetuity mm. fighting for corn? Tuska Demon Killer. Demon Killer with an A. Come on, there's no E's and R's in the orc. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was I thinking? Uh, well, yeah, so they used a bunch of weird boys to sneak around Cadia uh, without being noticed uh, and went into the Eye of Terror to fight demons. Uh, they landed on one of Korn's demon worlds and a uh, battle ensued and Korn was so impressed that he brought all the orcs back to life every time and they just like constantly fight. Uh, and every time they get slaughtered and Korn brings them back and they they love it and they do it again the next day, even though they know they're going to die, they're just having a blast and they just keep at it. So, so it's like Orcish Valhalla. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. 
but but it's funny like that's a hell for like most species Mm -hmm. but for the orcs they're like oh i did something good this worked out well (laughs) there's no end to the crumping that's that's okay so that's another thing the accent like they have a very distinctive accent and way of speaking which i think it's i mean it's it's known it's it's modeled after what like uh soccer hooligans yeah cockney i guess yeah well, I, you know, I don't know much about accents and connotations with accents, <laughs> but I feel like the Cockney accent is like the British equivalent of like the Florida Panhandle accent. It's like the just common, oh, goddamn, we're going to. So in my head lore, my head canon of my orcs, they're, they're always like from that part of the world, like Southern Alabama Panhandle. Like, goddamn, we're going to go crump them. Let's do it. So I don't know. Now, now, first of all, Andrew, we should mention that that's your and my actual accent because we grew up in Florida. Well, it's not that caricature and hyperbolized, but yes, I talked about like that until I was about eight years old. And uh, and we worked hard to get rid of that. But I, I was actually thinking, is a Cockney accent, is it like a New Yorker or is it like a Florida panhandle guy? I think it has a lot of the connotations of both, right? Because okay. a Cockney mm-hmm. accent's a super urban accent, but I think it's it's thought of as like this less educated and this might be total not knowledge of you know the connotations of a british accent but i mean it's on uh, train spotting (laughs) and uh other british movies i've seen it 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 seems uh, lowbrow and sort of working working class i guess which which is yeah another reason why like you know i now, Andrew, I spent more time in the South, I think, than you did, because you're a little bit younger, and we, we had moved a little bit more north when you were younger than I was. Mm-hmm. But when I moved, like, I had this accent, which was like, I ain't got but one ink pen. And <laughs> people think you're stupid if you sound that way. So which it's is like, I, I don't know about you, but that's why I worked hard to try to sound like a California accent, because <laughs> people would just, like, write me off the second they started hearing me. Like, God damn, we're going to go down to the theater. And again, it wasn't that caricaturized, but it was, you know. Man, you guys got a cement pond? (laughs) I'm fixing to use this rubber cement. Hey, it's going to rain. You got an umbrella? (laughs) But, but like, I say that because, like, to the Cockney people out there, tell me, you know, feel free to comment. Like, do you feel like you're getting maligned like we did? Let's connect. (laughs) We can share our our dislike of being stereotyped. But anyway, okay. So orcs, they're hooligans. They're fun. They're crazy. They are the comic relief to some extent, but they have a sense of orky honor. What's it like to play them on, on the game? Because I know uh, you play them a kill team, Andrew. Well, I mean, I'm a douchebag. I try to be as much of a douchebag <laughs> as possible. But again, spirit of fair play. I know they're not the best army. They're just fun. Most of, of the time I end up well. breaking and, and running away because <laughs> uh, the leadership's not very good and I got to take a lot of guys. But you know what? I had a good time. And that's really what, what's important. Tom, that doesn't sound too different from your your love of Emperor's Children, even though they're not super competitive in the uh, kill team space. Right. Just being able to do fun things. Like, I get to shoot twice. <laughs> well, I, I figured out some really cheeky strategies that I take advantage of. And honestly, that's where I find fun. So one thing I do, and I'll just jump into it, because this is one reason I think you wanted to have me on, yeah. was that I talk about my stupid stuff that I do. I built my entire strategy around it. So first of all, everyone wants to play Evil Sons, but I say nah, and I play Death Skulls. And I'll tell you why I play Death Skulls. I build my entire army around an orc boy gunner with a, I'm sorry, gunna, right, no E's and R's. Um, and he has a rocket launcher. And, uh, launcher. He's a really cheap model, and honestly, if you focus fire on him, he will die. But I let an ammo run chill with him, and uh, basically, he's the first one I shoot with every turn. And uh, because he's Death Skulls, he shoots, he can re-roll that because of the ammo run. And then I pay the CP to do the, uh, see the Daka 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 or more bullets or something like that. But he shoots again, and then I can Death Skulls re-roll that. So I'm effectively shooting four times with a rocket launcher that's hitting on a five at best. Um, but when it hits, like uh, there was one game I was playing against uh, Ben, your custodies, and I straight up killed a custody <laughs> with, with a <laughs> 10 point orc boy gunner with a rocket launcher. <laughs> it was it was about the highlight of my kill team experience right there. Killing yeah, a third of your really overpriced army with <laughs> one shitty guy. 
it's it's funny because like the only real like shooty orc army in the meta that I've seen is the uh, the freebooters because they have that uh, what is it called like, like custom snaz gun and they have the the skill they have is if one of them kills an enemy because they're all like trying to outdo each other everyone else gets a bonus to hit and it stacks. So there was somebody that camp like everyone was doing the reds or the, not the red the uh, evil sons like rush melee army and then I think like one or two guys at uh, it was like Las Vegas open I think a couple years back brought this like snaz gun army where they killed a guy with like the fl- the burna right because it auto hits and then they started getting this bonuses and stacks so by the end everybody was hitting on like twos <laughs> with really good guns which are underpriced because you assume they're not going to hit anything. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the only other shooty meta, and then all of a sudden Andrew was was legit killing all my big guys with a rocket launcher, which is not supposed <laughs> to happen. And and to be fair, it works thirty percent of the time. It works every time, <laughs> but but when it does, it it's and again, I don't build my whole army around that, but my shooting portion, yeah, absolutely, because death skulls have the advantage of you have a hit reroll and a um. Uh, a wound reroll, right? Every phase, which includes Overwatch, which includes shooting, which includes fighting. And already, your fighting's pretty darn good. See, so, you know, you get a bunch of boys, you get a couple of knobs, and then you get your stupid rocket launcher dude to just completely clown uh, big guys. By the way, that's the only time one of my custodians has ever been killed in a kill team match. Right. And it was a 10-point model that took him out. And I think Killing you killed... custodian is a victory in of itself. Tom, you, you, I think you only lost one custodian ever, right? Uh, yeah, but it really gimped me because then I could only hold well, one objective, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, but even then, like, I think I've beaten your custodians, but it's never fun. Like, <laughs> I don't get to trump anyone <laughs> except when I got the the one guy with the rocket launcher, but it's. I mean, I don't have to. I don't play to win. I play to kill dudes. Mm-hmm. That's that's another good point. Is is like a, like if we were probably playing in a tournament, um, it's different for sure. And when we play, like we're just trying to like definitely I kill. I get those moments where like <laughs> I killed your dude with a rock. So you know, it's the adrenaline dump. It's that's what I play for. So so let's see. So we got the rocket launcher there. Oh, I think you killed Phil's Incubus with uh, or his Clavex with the rocket launcher too. Yeah. So that's got a sixteen point model. Like I said, thirty percent of the time it works every time. Well, also though, if somebody charges him, he's still got two attacks hitting on threes. Yeah, uh, so he's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad yeah. in close combat. Yeah, right. but uh, again, a stiff breeze will knock him down. So <laughs> well, he's, he's tough as four. He's still better than like Guardman. Yeah. But, I mean, you got T-shirt saved. Oh, that's the other thing about Death Skulls is they get the six invul. Which, again, if you have any AP, you don't get a save. So a six invul, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's saved my butt more times than uh, than it's supposed Probably to. Should. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so so we got the, the sneaky rocket launcher that for one CP can actually shoot four times. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about the other clone strategy? Yeah, I would be, what's, there's there's another I, there's at least one more that you did on me where I actually I legitimately was like oh shit that was a really good the thing move. Is, right, I take two <laughs> ammo runs, usually two, sometimes one, but at least one, and I park them in a place where they can't be seen, which is behind the thighs and calves of the dude they're supporting. <laughs> so <laughs> so if there's a guy close enough to charge, uh, what do I do? I charge with the ammo run, who's three points. Who you can't overwatch because you can't see him, and and at at best he, he forces you to you know do your retreat and you can't do anything, and at worst you are now in combat with a three point model, and and who cares? Because it, but it's you know, it, I think when I first got you with that, you were just like oh oh yeah I I guess I guess I can't see him, damn, and then I think it was a corn berserker I charged. No, it was it was a flamer because remember I had all these flamers because right. I was like okay right. I'm gonna get because I'm gonna auto Overwatch mm-hmm. and you'd have no armor so I'm gonna do really well and then you charge me with this grot and I'm like what he's behind him I can't see him I can't Overwatch him and then my flamers were completely neutralized mm-hmm. and by the end of it you killed like three of my special weapons guys because then once yeah. once they're in combat with the grot you're free to charge in with your actual combat dudes and they can't do anything about it. That's I think brilliant. 
one truly undervalued thing about Kill Team that really I've, I've read a lot of things. I've seen some stuff. No one really talks about is try to make someone's turn useless with someone who they're really relying on. Like that flamethrower. If I charge you with a three-point model, you are completely useless for a turn. And, and you really needed him to do something that turn. So, um, yes, holding points with things that can't get killed, although it's a little boring. But making stuff useless is, is, <laughs> is where I go for it. Definitely did that with the flamer guy. But I mean, again, like once they get in close combat, they're really good for the points. Like an orc boy is what? With a, with a chopper is like seven points, right? Or is it eight? Seven with the chopper. But even the shooter boy is six points. He's not anything to sneeze at in close. That's true, because he's still got two attacks. Right. You just get uh, an extra attack with the chopper, which is helpful for sure. But sometimes the shooter boy is the right choice. So, so for contrast, right, so like a, we, the thing we always fight that's been really tough for the orcs to beat, although I think you've actually kind of figured it out, is uh, like a Drakari rack list. I, I just, everyone, I spent <laughs> easily a month trying to theorycraft something <laughs> that could reliably go up against a rack list. And, I mean, do I want to pun it? Yes, I racked my brain for a long time. It's impossible. It's, it, there is nothing, at best you're getting a coin flip against a rack list at best and honestly i have never once had fun to the point where i i think the last time i played against a rack list i had a temper tantrum and i said i'm never playing against a rack list again i mean yeah. it's pretty accurate i i would say i'd maybe temper tantrums a little selling it but i i just like no i'm not having any fun every mean, week i play a rack you list. mean it's it's raccurate it's raccurate for sure but so so I think, let's see, Tom, you and I talked a while ago about because we were trying to figure out, like, what are the gatekeeper armies? And with racks, it's like, take, take out things that have a lot of shots and that don't rely on AP. I think ultimately we settled on Smash Captains. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's always Smash Captains. So what take is, a jetpack and a Thunderhammer. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. so for in 8th edition in 40k, like, like there was just a way OP... You could be a space marine with a jump pack, a, a storm shield, and a thunder hammer, and like pretty reliably like take down knights because like knights were the thing to beat for a while. So so we were trying to figure out because in kill team that would be like a 30 point model because you got to pay probably like 14 or 15 for a vanguard veteran. It's like five for the storm shield, five for the jet pack, and I think another at least five for the thunder hammer. So you're talking about like a 30 something point model. Uh, but it's got a, a three-up invuln and a weapon that does, like, I think a flat three damage or something. I mean, at that point, it's like, just play Custodes, man. I think that's what you really want to Yeah, basically. Yeah. So let's see. So Drukari, definitely a tough game. Who's Who do you think are, like, orcs best against and worst against? So we said Drukari, obviously, if it's a rack list, it's tough because they got invulns. And for a similar price, like, they're actually going to be better than you in close combat because of those rules. Who's your favorite person to play against if you're playing orcs? It is an honestly a great question, and I will pick a very orky answer and say anyone who I can crumb. Um, but honestly, I like playing against Tau only because it is more than satisfying when I finally get in close and kill that stupid rifle that's been, you know, one-shotting my guys every single... What is the name of that, that damn gun? The, ra- the rail rifle? Rail rifle, which rails me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're really, really going to that town with the puns today. Yeah, uh, it's it's me. If you have me on, that's what's going to happen. But yeah, so the one thing I definitely do against any list, honestly, any list these days is the uh, the commando. So I never used to take commandos until you started playing uh, Thousand Sons with a Terminator and deep striking him in behind me and ruining my day. So now I take a commando knob and two commandos just to uh, put themselves behind things. So anytime I'm playing against a shooty army like Tau or Admech or or anyone like that, I try to uh, put them off off their their kilter and get in close, and that's what I enjoy playing against. Yeah, the commando is like a real for one point being able to put him and two other commandos behind enemy lines is good, and I think you always give him the power claw and the combat specialism, right? Correct. Yeah. So he always so, work. He should, but he always does. He, yeah, he gets work done. Like, he usually dies, but he usually takes out a couple big guys before he dies. Or, or at least there's enough of a threat that he diverts your resources away from my, like, ten boys who are charging. Yeah, I'm trying and to Tom, do you have anybody? Yeah, and your precious, your precious rocket launcher, who you should probably name. You should give that guy a name. 
I'll come up with a good one. <laughs> okay, I was trying, I was gonna call him Rocky, but I think we're done with the puns here. Um, I, did, I did that with my salamanders. The uh, the MVP of the match got some uh, flame iconography, uh, and then <laughs> and then they slowly got more and more uh, more flames on their armor. Uh, I just did the math here. A company vet with a hammer, storm shield, and jump pack is thirty two points. <laughs> You're, I love how serious you are right now. You're like, like you're our, our analyst on the front. Like, okay, it's 32 points. So, yeah, you could take three of those. If that's even legal, I don't know. I think you have to have at least five models to be a viable kill team unless you're custodies, right? Or is it three? I think um, it's three. Yeah, uh, three, two if you're custodies. Because you could yeah. take a... Alaris. Uh, Alaris, yeah. The 66-point guy. Which right. never saw so, play. Even so, did you, <laughs> do you have one? Yeah. I named him Maynard. <laughs> <laughs> but he never saw play because it was just better to have three bodies. I, I don't think he's good enough to warrant the double the cost. No. The axe is cool. Oh, the Castellan, the Castellan or Castellan. I have no idea how to pronounce things. <laughs> it's high gothic. So, okay, so we talked about favorite things to fight against. You said anything to crump. Like, the, my problem with the Tau is if you're deep striking, they've got that stupid recon bot that, like, uh, takes away your... Yeah, that thing sucks. Yes. You're bringing back PTSD moments here. And and actually, Tom, you said... Uh, I'll, I'll name drop another awesome, awesome podcast that you guys should listen to. Probably better than ours, honestly. I don't know. Go, stop listening to this. Go listen to them. But it's com- Command Point... Uh, and they did a podcast recently on the most broken things in Kill Team, and I think the, the recon drone was actually one of them, right, Tom? Or was it Phil telling me that? Maybe it was somebody else. Sorry, you guys all look the same. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Well, the shield drone's busted as hell. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Recon drone, I, I can manage. It's got a lot of shots for a little guy, but the shield drone, it's like, okay, yeah, I guess I can't kill that guy who's killing all my guys. That's fun. Thanks, guys. But but the recon drone it takes away your uh, obscurement thing both on the injury roll and the hit roll. So like I was playing Thousand Suns and I had my little sorcerer parked behind some really good terrain, but they could see just a bit of him. So the recon drone took away all of the uh, all of the obscurement bonus. Yes. Yep. So just another reason to say fuck Tau. All right. Anyway. All right. So, Andrew, we mentioned Rocket Launcher, the, the Commando. Are there any other auto-includes in your orc list that you always have no matter what? Um, usually I, I pick the Boy Knob, too. It's because he's cheap. I mean, what is it? Uh, I don't know off the top of my I head. Think he's like, I think he's like 13. Well, maybe, maybe like, yeah, he's not much. You take him with the big chopper because it's like, yeah, that's all you really need. But, uh, you know, for his price, two wounds, a six invuln with my dead skulls. But toughness five, I think. I think it's strength five, toughness four. That's right. You're right. But he's got he's got two wounds. I think he's got two or three. I'm actually looking him up right now. Of course, two. I think Tom's doing the same. I used to take the knob knob. I, I, there's so many knobs. There's the boy <laughs> and, then, and then there's the knob knob. So right. like boss knob, knob, knob. Uh, it's just too expensive. And honestly, I'd rather have more boys because again. A big problem, and I set it up front, is uh, your leadership sucks. You got to take a lot of guys who are uh, paper armor, mm-hmm. and if you lose too many guys, you just break, and that's that's the game right there. Right. So, by the way, the boys knob. So this is the the like basically the leader of the boys group before they added a whole group of knobs and elites. <laughs> right. Is, is ten ten points base, three yeah. attacks, two wounds, strength five, toughness four. Uh, big trap is three points. That's a two damage weapon. So for 13 points, you get a two wound model that's hitting at strength seven, AP minus one, D2, at least three times. With a weapon skill three. With yeah. a we- yeah, three up weapon skill. That's yeah. pretty good. It's damn good. It's Some definitely would, worth two boys. Some would say too good. <laughs> but not me. Definitely not too good. Of course, of course, you got to have the the what is Tom? What do you always call the leader who hides in the back? The coward leader. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to have your uh, coward cultist uh, hiding in the corner. In in my case, a coward Gretchen. I CP think generator. Coward leader is like 
super, super awesome. You just get yeah. a free and an Unless you bonus. get Deep Struck. I try to build my board setup when I know I might get Deep Struck. Around. <laughs> so just put things five inches from everything else. Mm. Um, and then if they do, it's kind of an inconvenient spot, but my leader's good. Right. So And he's three points, which I'm pretty sure is the cheapest leader you can get in the entire game. <laughs> Unless there's a crew thing that's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> there's no crew. Cultist, I think, is five points for the leader. Um, and granted, like your leader, Gretchen, is just garbage, but not if you hide him. He's great. Maybe one of the Gellerpox bugs you can... Can they even be a leader? (laughs) A curse mate is four points. (laughs) You get like a servo skull for the Sisters of Battle. (laughs) Actually, that would be kind of tight. I want a servo skull on my team. (laughs) All right. Is there anything orc related we didn't cover, Andrew? Anything other than the fact that you, uh, I think your favorite Halloween costume was that orc, the year you went as an orc. It was orc, orc, but yes. What? It was a Warcraft orc? Mork from Orc? I was in third grade. I found a a Viking helmet with horns. So it was a a Warcraft orc grunt. Um, It was sweet. I also had like fangs and stuff. It it was pretty sweet. It was sweet. Yeah, that was was, like one of the top like cool kid costumes I think I've ever seen. (laughs) I think that's all we need to cover. Like, Like Andrew, at the end of the day, are they fun to play? Oh, yeah. Do I win? Nah. But it's fun. Well, when you do win, it's because you outmaneuver. Like, you had to just fucking outsmart the other person, which yeah, is kind of ironic. And I roll well. Because <laughs> when you're playing a five-up uh, ballista skill army, you, you roll well, or you, you're probably not going to have a good time. Mm. Especially when you're evolving your entire strategy around one dude with a weapon that will kill you, but probably won't actually hit you. We should come up with some kind of uh, term for that. Like when you're not playing to win, you're playing because there's you have different winning criteria than your opponent does. <laughs> Again, it's 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 orky. It's it's a, I want to crump you, and the entire reason uh, I'm playing is to get the adrenaline dump from killing your custodies with a with an orc boy. That's, you're trying to you got to get your tendies any way you can. Uh huh. So the other thing I wanted to bring up, you also play, uh, we all kind of divided up these factions. Now, Tom, I know I played you as Necrons once. You had a five Lich Guard team, which crushed whatever team I was playing. <laughs> that was just for uh, the rolls, yeah. And, and Andrew, I know you play Admac and also Necrons. I would say Necrons is probably my second favorite army to play. So let's dive into that. Is And I'm sure the only reason is, in addition to being fun, you have a pretty awesome name for your Necron team. The, the, the red Necrons. I mean, it goes back to... It's the... Uh, what was it? The the Get Off Milan Protocol. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your faction bonus? Yeah. Yeah. If I had to make my own, it would be the, you know... And I think there's one that's, like, extremely territorial or something. So, I, you know, Get it's, Off it's Milan. It's going to Get Off Milan. Right? There's nothing to use, but, you know... But by the way, when so you you know like when Necrons first came out, they were more like Lovecraftian, like mindless automata that were like kind of under the rule of the Catan. And now, like I think ten years ago maybe they retconned that so that they're actually self-aware, or some of them are, especially the leaders, and they have personalities and all this other stuff. I was at first really against that because I loved the the kind of like mystery, scary element of them being these like mindless like killer robots. But, man, I love what they've done with that. Like, Trays in the Infinite is so funny. I love it, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, what, they started as Space Undead, right, basically? More yes. or less. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I think, they make their own thing. That's cool. I think the Tyranids kind of have the mindless destruction thing, yeah. you know, going for them. So they needed to sort of give somebody else some more story. And, and they still have this kind of unique perspective. They're not quite as like, let's see, the Eldar are condescending. I feel like the Necrons <laughs> don't give a shit about you, but they're not condescending about it. They just don't give a shit. You know, whereas Eldar like want you to know they think you're a piece of shit. And Necrons are like, yeah, okay, get, fuck off, dude. I, I'm trying to sleep here. Yeah. <laughs> get off the lawn. <laughs> and then uh, you said of, of your red Necrons, there were several specific characters, weren't there? Uh, well... <laughs> The one that you always enjoyed is Roy Orbison. He's one of my uh, list guards. He's got an orb on his head. It's Roy Orb. 
Jackson. Gotcha. So, so that's him. <laughs> I think I just named one of my other Lishgard like Stabby McRipstab or something. Just something, something stupid. I think it was Roy Orbison. I just thought that was because you kept calling him that the entire match. And again, we were we were a little drunk, so it was just so funny. Because you know, Roy Orbison's also really ugly, so I could see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he loves Warhammer. Well, so my leaders all have their own names too. There's my uh, my warrior leader, my Necron warrior leader, who's like his his uh, his circuits are coming out. So if you don't know General Patton, the World War II American general was old blood and guts. That was his name. So he's he's Patton Bot. Uh, his blood and guts are coming out. And then my immortal leader, when I take him, I just called him Sherman Bot. He kind of just looks like like William Tecumseh Sherman a little bit. So th- those are those are my cast of characters on the Red Neck Run. You got to have those. I mean, I know Tom, you got a lot of characters. Whenever you're painting, like, don't you kind of imagine? So, by the way, Andrew, I don't know if you've ever seen Tom's paint stuff. Like, he's like legit. Mm-hmm. But I know Tom, when you're doing it, you usually have like a very specific like character or personality in mind. Is that true, or am I making that up? Um, I. No bullshit. Yeah. No, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of let the model tell me what it wants. It, it, and it, that sounds so fluffy and just bullshit. Trust but me, I dig it. You kind of see what the what the model uh, uh, is telling you, what colors need to be where, and, and then, I don't know. That's, Follow my that's Instagram. A... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we could plug it. Yeah, smash <laughs> smash that like and subscribe for Tom's Instagram. Bonesaw Miniatures. Bonesaw miniatures. So, so here's the reason I brought that up too is, you know, we've talked before. The reason this hobby appeals to so many people, there's a lot of different elements to it. There's a building and painting. There's like the math hammer piece where you get to plan out, you know, builds kind of like you might for like, let's say like Diablo two or like an RPG. And then there's the actual playing part. And I know for me, I really like the playing and the planning. And I know Tom, you love that painting and modeling. And Andrew, I think I think that's a big part of the meditative quality of this to you too, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I take my time. I'm one of those guys who paints one model at a time, and I spend mm-hmm. like an hour and a half per model. Yeah. So by the end of the day, when most people have a whole army painted, I've got like three guys. The reason I said it, I dig like the way you said that you do models is like when you take an hour and a half per model, you've got a lot of time to use your uh, left brain. On like, what is my head cannon for this guy? Like, what what is this whole deal? So yeah, no, I, I dig it. I tried batch painting and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> yeah. it, was just, it takes uh, the joy out of it. It becomes an assembly line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the assembly line guy. <laughs> I specifically went with Tyranids because I could use two different contrast paint colors and they'd still look good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that I don't like painting, but it's Andrew. I'm kind of like you, which is. You know, in my mind, I know how I want it to look, and I will spend hours. Like the first Thousand Suns, I, I told Tom in the last episode, I always love Thousand Suns models. Mm-hmm. And then when they came out with that plastic kit, I was like, oh, man, here's my chance. And I spent probably like five or six hours per guy, like getting all the little the little grooves painted gold and, you know, the, <laughs> the blue and yellow kind of like repeating pattern. And I was so pissed off at the end of it because even with all that effort, there were still imperfections I could see. So after that, unless I really love a model, uh, I don't really devote that much time to it. So there are a couple exceptions. Like my Legion of the Damned guys, I loved painting those guys. And there's a difference between having like a tabletop standard where they look good from three feet away and like really doing them up that if you pick them, like actually pick a model up and look at it in your hand. Uh, you want it to look good, and I, I kind of, I want everything to look as good as I can make it. So here's, here's my curse, and that is, I'm nearsighted, like excessively so. <laughs> I take my contacts and glasses off when I paint, uh-huh. so I can see molecules. So if something's like <laughs> off, I don't necessarily have the dexterity to fix it, but I'm gonna try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Well, yep, what changed, tight. changed my game? Uh, oil paints. I don't know if you've gotten into this yet. Uh, um, I abs- Yeah, no. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Well, acrylics are good for for base coating, but if you want to blend colors out, there's there's nothing better than a, than a good oil paint because it doesn't dry so quickly. Like it's pretty much with an acrylic, as soon as you put it on the model, it's dry, and then if you try to do anything with it, it cracks. But 
uh, an oil takes at least like 24 hours to dry. So if you fuck something up, just take it off, do it again, <laughs> remove it, or, and it blends out easily. It's, they're just it's so much easier. Get very good at, at stripping paint. Let me put it. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, because we bought like uh, like 200 or 300 orcs. Uh, it's basically some guy who had his like. My wife's had enough, and I have to get rid of all my model sale. <laughs> so we bought those, and then you stripped them all and repainted them all, right? Yeah. So I spent like probably three, four weeks procedurally stripping them in a little vat of uh, cleaner. And then uh, I would brush them with a toothbrush, put them back in the thing, and do it about six times. Because I don't know what kind of paint this guy used, but holy goddamn, they were like... <laughs> just thick and and gummy and uh eventually got them all down to to stripped you know rebased them and then started i mean there's so many i've got worked for a lifetime to paint um and what was the whole thing was like a hundo for yeah, like it was it was sad like the guy was i, I felt oh. i actually gave him extra money because he, he was like look i i just need to get rid of these take the rest and I was like, look, here's like, like, I basically gave him all the money I had on me because I was like, I felt bad just because it's like, he was sad. He's like, dude, don't worry about it. I've got like 18 more armies at home. I'm just getting rid of one of them. I could tell the guy tried on like the first three orcs. I could probably identify. <laughs> and then he was like, dude, man, I've got like 2,000 points. Let me just, okay, it's done. Next one. And uh Yeah. <laughs> I learned his his paint style. I think he really liked his Storm Boys because they were really well painted, but like everything else was just like, yeah, okay, red helmet. Okay, uh, I got a little on the face. I don't care. Okay, yellow shirt. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, brown pants. Okay, next one. And so it was just, yeah. That, that was like me with my uh, Astro Militarum team because the first couple, I was like, oh, this is fun. But I had to make like 20 dudes and I was converting all of them because I wanted them to have interchangeable arms with this. I magnetized them. And then there were some cases like I'm not buying eight <laughs> groups to get plasma guns. I bought like Space Marine plasma guns and I had to like cut them and file them to fit. So by, but eventually like their hands weren't even touching the weapon. It was just like kind of loosely like <laughs> meh, like touching their fingers. And I, was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Because they're going to die in three seconds on the tabletop anyway. Hey, so so the other one question I wanted to ask you, I think, Tom, I think we talked about this in a previous episode. I, I remember the moment where I kind of fell in love with, with Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And it was my friend had a Angels of Death. So that was like the Blood Angels and Dark Angels Codex, like the second edition one. Andrew, I still have it, by the way. It's got like the guy with the skull helmet on it. Yeah, I remember you used to read that that codex and just fantasize that we had more allowance. <laughs> and you get stuff you wanted, and, and it wasn't even, but it's, it was that like and being like, oh man. But I also knew I could never paint or make them look like what they looked like. But the stories in there were so good, and there was one where it was like a group of like maybe like three blood angels with jetpacks like jump in, and it just got into such gory detail about how they just like destroyed these like twenty traitor guardsmen. And I remember the the passage was. Like, oh, he picked one up and threw him with contemptuous ease and then, like, basically shot him in the gut with a bolt pistol and he exploded. And in the air, his intestines rained down on the blood angel who didn't even notice. And I was just like, what the actual fuck just happened? I think I just got my first erection. <laughs> so so do you guys remember what was that moment for you when you were like, oh, this is some cool shit. I want to play this. Man, that's a that's a tough question. Because it's definitely some orky. I think it was when we were kids and I was standing at a games workshop because like, our mom wanted to, to go somewhere and shop somewhere. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So I was hanging out at the games workshop at like nine, ten years old, just like looking at stuff, window shopping. Which, you know, I, the guy was very charitable to let a kiddo, you know, look around at the door. But uh, I was looking at the, the orc vehicle selection. And just the the shambled together nature of it, and I was like, you know what, like this, I can I can get behind a faction that just like found some stuff, put it together, like yeah yeah maybe it works. So yeah, let's let's do it. Do you do you remember like the second edition orc dreadnought that had like the little checker pattern on it? Yeah, and I never knew how they did that. I guess it was a a, um, a transfer. But like I always was like, oh man, that guy must be really good at painting this. <laughs> Checker pattern like that. But I I just remember like that 
because what you just said, like the orc vehicles were super cool. Like they were just <laughs> really colorful and bright. I just put a picture in the the Skype window. Is that a killer Actually, can? Uh, no, that was the that was the second edition of Dreadnought. Dreadnought. <laughs> yeah, that was before killer cans were a thing. I think probably. Uh, I always imagine that like a lot of the things developed because someone was playing tabletop. It's like, oh yeah, this is my killer can. That's a Dreadnought. That's what he called it because it looks like a soda can or something. So. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, killer cans are awesome. I think those are so fun. They're terrible, but they're really cool. I know. I know. <laughs> um, Tom, you can paint checker pattern, right? You did it on your Harlequins. <laughs> After a lot of cursing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it took quite a, quite a while. Lines with a paintbrush suck. That's yeah. all I can say. Though not as bad as eyeballs. I don't even try with eyeballs. Yeah, I've got uh, Sisters of Silence. Uh, having to do their eyes. It's like, uh, well, they have heavy makeup. Shut up. <laughs> so that's why one of the reasons why I play Xenos is you can just, hey, he's got red evil eyes. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, all the orcs have been drinking nothing but Surge for three days, so their right eyes are super red. <laughs> it's one of those like late 90s things. I miss that soda. <laughs> all the caffeine I drink these days is just in homage almost to... The days of surge. Dude, Tom, do you remember like when you were first exposed to Warhammer, or when you first kind of got really interested in playing? Uh, yeah, it probably wasn't as early as you guys. I was more of a uh, Magic: The Gathering, you know, D and D kid uh, growing up. Um, but that, you know, tabletop games sort of led into uh, board gaming. I think what what really got it was the Corn Lord of Skulls. Uh, just the fact that it uh, it had a cannon that shot flaming skulls. As it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and also its flamer uh, shot boiling blood. <laughs> like that just seemed so like badass. Uh, it, it's metal as hell. It's yeah, the best oh, yeah. metal thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely appealed to my uh, my black metal uh, soul. So we kind of started on the Necron thread, and then I took us down a, a nostalgia path. Let's let's end there. So so Andrew Necrons, you've you've had some success with them, right? After you guys figured out how to uh, get around the bullshit, <laughs> I think like when we were first starting, it was the first army I got. So when you're first starting, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, lots of AP. All right, okay, what else? Lots of damage." So like if you hit a Necron with a a high damage weapon, I don't care, man. Go for it. Mm-hmm. So, because you're gonna roll a six, and I'm good. It's it's so satisfying that you put <laughs> that many points into trying to kill me. I don't care, man. And I mean, I think what we found, flayed ones. So they they have that one faction bonus where they can reroll all hits, and then flayed ones can reroll all wounds. So it's it's kind of because each of them has at least three attacks, yeah, right? They get an ungodly amount of attacks. We might have been talking about this before we started recording, but it goes back to what I was saying. That Spaceballs meme I sent you. Where, yeah. So I don't know if anyone has ever seen the movie Spaceballs. It is actually my favorite movie of all time. Classic spoof of uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. But uh, there's a character by the name of Dark Helmet, and uh, he uses the Schwartz to get like basically a light right? But he's Rick Moranis. He's a tiny little guy with a little tiny limb. <laughs> and uh, Bill Pullman is the protagonist. So Bill Pullman puts his, his hand on Dark Helmet's head, and Dark Helmet's trying to swing his, his lightsaber, can't reach him. So the theory is, so you've got, Necrons are too specialized. They're close combat guys, only do close combat, and the ranged guys only do ranged. And neither is really good at the other one. So if you have a Lich Guard, who, again, we talked about, like, like one of the best close combat guys per point cost, I think, in the entire kill team range. Yeah. But the way to counter it is just throw low point models in his face. And if he misses, he, he's useless. Because the next round, if, if you don't have initiative, he can just back out, basically. Right. And then you get two rounds where he didn't do anything. That is really frustrating. I, I and granted, like so, Tom and I were talking about in the GW preview from last week. They mentioned they were going to redo melee rolls, 
Right. I kind of think they need to because that's such a glaring issue. Um, I was playing against, uh, again, Phil last week, and he had his, uh, oh, what is that, the, the grotesque, which is like you know, a monster model. <laughs> For whatever reason, did not kill me in one round of combat, so I just backed out of combat the next turn, and that guy could do nothing for the entire turn. Again, it's maybe a Band-Aid fix, but my idea always has been, like, maybe you can't charge the guy who just backed up. Maybe you can charge someone else if they're in range. So, like, you still have that immunity from getting crumped again, but (laughs) the guy's not completely useless because he doesn't even have any kind of range whip. So, I don't know. And I know that's like a faction bonus of so like white scars and the it's uh, I think it's Kraken is the Tyranid one that gets that. But I agree. I think that should be standard Yeah, to go faster. That and the fact that you shouldn't be able to uh, melee somebody through a wall or door. I mean, we've talked about that to no end. I do not like it, but the rule reads right if you're within an inch of a guy, it doesn't specify if there is a, a in, you know, a wall in the way that you can't see but through. You don't need line of sight. No. No. Huh. At least according to the tournament I was in where some guy pulled that shit on me and I was like, this is fucking stupid. You're pulling a Kool-Aid. At least man. you get a yeah. you get an injury bonus because you're obstructed, right? You're not obstructed, you're 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 invisible. <laughs> Alright, I'm getting excited now. Alright, I think we covered everything. Any parting thoughts? We talked about orcs, we talked about Necrons, we talked about the hobby. I think we covered all our bases. I think so. All right, anything Tom? that I'm any kind of an expert on, anyway, if you want to call well, it that. Well, we never claim to be experts. We're just passionate. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm an expert. I don't care. <laughs> A couple of guys talking out of their ass. That's right. Adam, while, out of their ass while drinking whatever we can get our hands on on a Friday night after a really hard work week dealing with real-life responsibilities and trying to hide in an alternate reality where little plastic men fight each other. You know why? That's our new entrance. Because it's fun. <laughs> because it's fun and i couldn't do it when i was a kid so i'm making up for it now that no way depresses me (laughs) all right tom what do we always say good fight good night and adios bitchachos don't forget to mash that like and subscribe button when in doubt punch it out whip it out whip it good santa barbara where rob Lowe humps it out I have no idea what the fuck you just said, but I like it. All right, we're (laughs) just...